This is your Olympic hero and former WWE champion, Kurt Angle. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my guys, Clint and Noah. When it comes to covering sports, there is no one better. And believe me, that's true. It's damn true. Gentlemen, you are the top 1%. The elite. Best of the best. You are now listening to the Elite Sports Podcast, brought to you by Vermeil Wines and powered by GASN Sports, the pinnacle of hard-hitting sports talk, featuring weekly expert analysis and top-notch interviews. And now, please welcome your hosts, Noah Groniger and Clint Schweitzer. Welcome to a different edition of the Elite Sports Podcast. I'm Clint Schweitzer. No, Noah Groniger is not joining me today, and this is going to be one of those rare interview-only podcasts. We're going to be taking you back uh, to a couple months ago when we interviewed former New England Patriot, two-time Super Bowl winner Jarvis Green, who joined us from his hotel in Vegas. Yes, he was out there. And because Noah and I are still putting the finishing touches on our SEC football documentary, Saturday Supremacy, we really didn't have time to come in and break down all the action for you guys. So we want to take you to this interview, which we did a couple months ago. We've been kind of holding on to it. And I hope you guys enjoy it. This is an exclusive. It's with Jarvis Green. Of course, he was a second team All-SEC performer in 2001, drafted by the New England Patriots in 2002, won two Super Bowls in 03 and 04 with the Patriots, before finishing his career with the Broncos in Texas with Jarvis Green. A tremendous defensive end and a key cog on those Super Bowl championship winning defenses for the New England Patriots. We're going to be talking to him about Tom Brady, his time in New England, playing at LSU, the SEC, all of that and much more. It's coming up right here in our interview with Jarvis Green. Well, there's nothing that goes better with football than beer, and we're excited to have Golden Road Brewing as one of our newest sponsors for the show. Founded in 2011, Golden Road is Los Angeles' largest craft brewery with brew pub locations across California. Golden Road is excited to celebrate the Kansas City Chiefs with its partnership beer, Kingdom Blonde Ale. Kingdom Blonde is available at local retailers and in the Chiefs Stadium during regular seasons. Golden Road's year-round offerings include Mango Cart Wheat Ale, Wolf Pup IPA, and Fruit Cart Hard Seltzer. Golden Road brewers are constantly experimenting with the freshest ingredients to keep fans' taste buds happy with a collection of rotating seasonals, creative flavors, and classic craft brews. Pick up a case of Golden Road beer at your local store to enjoy before the next game. Visit goldenroad.la slash beer finder to buy Golden Road beer now. Jarvis, hey, how's it going, hey, man? Good. What's going on? Oh, you know what? Just uh, just trying to survive here in Missouri. What's going on out there in Vegas, man? How's everything going? Pretty good, man. Nice day. Uh, we haven't really done, done anything yet. We're going to probably go do some uh, go-karts after this. What's like in Vegas right now? I was supposed to go uh, a couple weeks ago. Didn't wind up doing it. Things were kind of, is it is it pretty open? Can you do most things? You don't have a mask on, so that's a good sign. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I'm in my room right now. So um, we've been there since the 17th. I mean, going around, we at Caesar's Palace, man. So everybody mask up. You yeah. can hear security people. You can hear employees. You can hear him. You can hear people saying, "Put your mask on. Put your mask on. Put your mask on." You hear it all day, the sanitizing, the, the, the temperature at the forehead. I mean, six feet distancing. They've been doing a great job in the casino. I'm That's good. That. Now, a lot of casinos are not open still. I just found it out yesterday. So a few casinos are not open at all. But, I mean, you can see the difference. I mean, it's people here, but it's not the normal Vegas, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I tell you what, uh, we want to go back to to your time at LSU as we hope to start ramping up for football season. Of course, the Tigers coming off a, a national championship here, and you are part of building an SEC championship team yourself in Baton Rouge. Just talk about, you know, kind of growing up in Louisiana and why you decided to go to LSU because with, at the time you went there, it was not necessarily – uh, it's always been a great program, but it was not necessarily, uh, you know, oh. a, a top-flight program as it is considered today. What what drew you to LSU, and what why did you wind up going there? Uh, for me, LSU was, I guess it was designed that way, in a way because I visit Miami, I visit Syracuse, I visit Auburn. Got a big fight at Auburn um, the first night I got in, and then LSU um, being close to home. So I said that was going to be my last trip. I mean, it's down the street. Um, I wanted to really go to Miami. That's where I wanted to go. Bush Davis, they had, um, they was on probation at the time. But uh, LSU, my mom and dad, dad got divorced. And it was a tough situation. And I was like the, the man at home, you know. And then LSU been so good to me. Of course, Donato, they recruited me. They, I felt comfortable as well, going on campus, you know, checking out the engineering department, checking out the – my 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 my, no, my future teammates. So uh, and this is again, I didn't know the stuff that we did at LSU. My first two years, we won seven games. You know, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, we beat Florida my freshman year. I was a redshirt freshman, but Florida was number one. Um, I mean, but then Saban came in, so a lot has happened, a lot has changed, and a lot of people evolved. Yeah, talk about that. Saban comes in. Uh, you guys win the Peach Bowl, but just talk about playing for Nick Saban and his continued success and just what sets him apart in the game of college football today? I think with Saban, um, I guess not lucky. I've been blessed to play for two of the greatest coaches of all time, right? So when Saban came in, people was more like we didn't believe in, in, in you know, his character, the type of person he was. Because for me, I was like, man, did we beat these guys 45 to 26? in the, in the uh, Independence Bowl when he was at Michigan State. And when he came in, he when I say he changed the entire program, you know, from just physical working out in the morning, being on a schedule, uh, doing things, um, the little things, you know, because it was so tedious and the things that he wanted out of us. But, I mean, bringing, back Coach, bringing Coach Moffitt, a local Louisiana guy, bringing Pete Jenkins, one of the greatest defensive line coaches of college football, is having all those guys together in space, working together. But I know in the beginning, my guys, they may they could speak on, on their own behalf, but a lot of guys, we didn't know what to expect. We, we didn't believe this guy was going to come and change the entire LSU program around. We just say, hey, he was a guy from, you know, from, the, from the Big Ten. That's the Big Ten, right, from Michigan, right? Michigan State, he's yeah. A, yeah, yeah, he's just a guy from Michigan State that was a subpar team, subpar coach. Look at him now. One wow. of the greatest. Uh, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean, you guys go from going three and eight and you wind up, uh, you know, winning that peach bowl, like Noah said, and you know, you guys win an SEC championship uh, your last year there. Mm -hmm. What was that like kind of starting at the bottom of the barrel and then winding up your career as a second team, all SEC performer winning the peach bowl. You had great defensive players on the team. I think Corey Webster was on that, uh, that defense. Yeah. 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 Brady James. Yeah. Yeah. We have some great guys on that defense. Yeah, what, what, was, what was that like? I mean, just going out on top the way you did after starting kind of at the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you, man, those, those, those first two seasons, we won seven games. It was embarrassing. 
Uh, didn't want to play football. A lot of guys, the mentality, uh, we didn't know how to win. And then Saban coming in and just, you know, that DNA, pumping that into our blood, into our mind. And winning that Sugar Bowl, I mean, just phenomenal. You know, to play your last game, you know, in Louisiana, in a Superdome, is something that you that you always wish for playing high school football, but to do it in college, man. But just watching the guys getting bigger, faster, stronger, not plateauing. You've seen guys, guys got better on the field mentally, not just physically, but that was all from Coach Saban and all the coaches and just getting us ready and prepared for NFL football. Well, being a Louisiana kid playing at Louisiana State, whether it was the sights, the sounds, or the atmosphere, I mean, what were some of your favorite road environments that you experienced in the SEC? Man, um, Tennessee was crazy. I mean, Florida. I mean, just Auburn, Georgia. We got some. We got some crazy as far as opponents. And I always tell people when you get to the NFL. I mean, the SEC is NFL caliber for the speed, the strength, the guys. And uh, Tennessee has to be one of the most, um, I mean, fabulous trips I've ever taken just to see the stadium, knowing the history, 100,000-plus people. And, of course, you always got Florida. You go down to that swamp, it's humid, it's muggy, mosquitoes everywhere, the fans. I mean, they got that swag about them. You know, even going to Georgia. I mean, I remember that year we went to Georgia. Somebody broke into the field and, and did donuts all over the field. You know, I think the night before the game, probably some frat boys or something, right? And, uh, I mean, little things like that, man, even like Auburn. I mean, just going into, you know, Auburn and just the history. You know, um, every game, SEC for me, has been physical. I mean, bones, teeth scratching, bleeding, uh, sweat. It's been physical. And I got to say, I'm so happy I played in SEC. Yeah, there is – there's something about it, you know. We, Noah and I, went around. We've been to all stadiums now. Oh, that's uh, got beautiful! To all of them. Yeah, wow. We did. We, we the two years ago. This is a you know a film we're finishing up called Saturday Supremacy, where we're uh, exploring the culture of SEC football. So uh, I tell you what, um, nothing really beat for us LSU on a Saturday night. We were there really? and back in '18. Which is talk to us about that, man. There's something special about it for those that haven't experienced it. So, so LSU was your, your, your favorite. That's Absolutely. Your favorite. There's nothing like I mean, it. I mean, tailgating in Baton Rouge, man, it's just different. Uh, I know even, like, when I played, I mean, on the sideline, you could smell the whiskey in the stands at a, at a 7 o'clock game. And then during the day, like, 11 o'clock game, we used to hate playing 11 o'clock games. We wanted to play the night games. Everybody was, was ready to go. People tailgated. Everybody was just full of whatever, full of energy, excitement, alcohol, whatever you want to call it. But I know, like, for me, I went to four tailgates uh, last year. So I, I don't really go into the game just because of anxiety. But, I mean, just being there, experiencing it, you don't have to go in the stadium to enjoy yourself with all the good food, the eating, the drinking, the dancing. It's just a little land you have down on the bayou. Well, uh, Jarvis, the SEC slogan is it just means more. Why does football mean more in the South, and what separates the SEC from all other conferences? Uh, the South, Louisiana. You know, on the back of our lesson plate, it says Sportsman Paradise. You know, so just doing all those things about sports is like the nucleus for, for every kid, girl, and boy, you know, coming up. It's, it's, it's how you start when it comes to, you know, organizing yourself, your chores, your beliefs, or whatever it is, teamwork, camaraderie. And I mean, I've been, I've been, in, I lived in Denver, lived in Boston, lived in Rhode Island. Just different. Down here, I remember when my son moved back, we moved back, he was in the ninth grade, and he was like, Dad, how you play football and go to class? In high school, and I'm like, it's, it's just part of the culture, you know. I think guys are built a little different down here, 
because unlike other places that play like, you know, hockey and baseball, those guys concentrate on hockey and baseball or basketball here. A lot of guys concentrate on football in the South. So you got all these different teams and players. And I mean, every guy is a, every guy is a master of the universe in his division or his district, you know, and then you just meet these other teams. But this is the culture, uh, like the Florida, like the Texas, you know, like the California. I mean, Louisiana football is tough. Well, Jarvis, you end up getting drafted in the fourth <clears throat> round, 126 pick overall by the New mm-hmm. England Patriots who were coming off uh, their first Super Bowl championship to kind of kickstart this whole thing. You wind up winning two Super Bowls there, being a part of, uh, of that uh, early part of the dynasty there. What was it like for you uh, initially, you know, going to New England? You're, you're a Louisiana <coughs> guy, and you get drafted by the Patriots. It's a bit of a culture shock, and, uh, but you wind up playing for a great organization uh, for eight years. Yeah. Um, drafted fourth round. Um, Never thought I'd be at that because, like for LSU, my last two seasons was terrible. Uh, if I was if I was grading myself compared to my first two seasons at LSU, um, so so much happened in between. You know, um, had a chance to go Mel Kuyper's you know mock draft my junior year that didn't work out. Had a high ankle sprain, uh, played well, you know, got drafted. I never thought I'd be drafted by the Patriots, and I can remember talking to Belichick the first time. I was talking to Scott Pioli, and then I talked to Belichick. And he was more like, and I asked him a stupid question, like, Coach, like, where's uh, New England? And he was like, well, like, what do you mean? Like, I said, where's New England? And he was like, it's the freaking Northeast. You know, you didn't go to school. You didn't, you didn't learn, you know, social studies, history. I said, no, Coach, I know what New England is, a region, but where is the team? So when you said Foxborough, I had no idea. But just to go there, be blessed, man, to play eight years. And I was, I was always a tweener guy not big enough, not fast enough, but to play, you know, with Coach Belichick and all the greats in New England to have a successful career in eight years. I think we had what? We had we, – we didn't even have a losing season. I mean, we had 97 was our worst season. That was my first year. Mm-hmm. And then we had the year we went 10 and 6 that we didn't make the playoffs. So just to be part of that organization and just to experience not one, not two, but three Super Bowls, uh, playing behind some of the best players that you, that you can name, you know, in, in the game you know, at that time. So it's just been a blessing for me. Guys, we have so much still to come here on the Elite Sports Podcast, but we want to take this time to tell you about our new sponsor, 500 Level. 500 Level is the ultimate sports apparel and fan gear store, and they feature ultra-comfortable custom t-shirts for NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and even WWE. I just got a Macho Man Randy Savage shirt from 500 Level that has been a conversation starter everywhere I go. 500 Level was created because they decided it was time to create an apparel company that put the fans right in the mix instead of having to outfit themselves with the same old gear from major corporations. 500level.com works with exceptionally talented artists, designers, and diehard sports fans to create unique t-shirt designs for fans to wear with pride. I mean, here in Kansas City, it's time to defend that Lombardi trophy. So stock up in 500 Level's unbelievable inventory of never-before-seen designs for players like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, or even rookie Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You literally can't find that anywhere else. Use promo code KansasCity20 today for 20% off your order at 500level.com. That's promo code KansasCity20 for 20% off only at 500level.com. Talk about those two Super Bowls you won a little bit uh, against the Panthers. I mean, you got Jake DeLoe, Moosin, Muhammad, Steve Smith out yeah, there running around. Yeah. And then T.O. with the Eagles playing on the bum <laughs> leg. Oh, man, right, right. Uh, man, that, that first game in Houston, that was great for me because it was like a family reunion. 
coming that close to home playing. I mean, it was indoor, but just being getting that good, hot, nice weather that we're used to. But uh, Jake, what uh, Jake Delon, man, that's that's my Cajun boy, USL. Um, man, just to, look to play the Super Bowl your second year in the league. I mean, is is grat- is gratifying. I mean, never thought you would get there, and then to go back the third year to go back to back again to play against Carolina T.O., because he was doing all that uh, hyperbaric chamber stuff, right? T.O. came back. He looked phenomenal, right? Um, <clears throat> just to go back-to-back, back, man. I know those two seasons, you could put that against any other history of, two-year, of a two-year club in the NFL. To go 17-2 back-to-back, that was special, man. I can remember those days for practice that things were just like – it was like clockwork. We get in, we get out. Minim- minimize the errors. Everybody on the same – point system it was like a v12 engine running with all cylinders so it's kind of crazy as we look at it uh, tom brady still in the league he's older than you by a couple years when yeah a couple. At, when you look at kind of the the beginning of his career which you were there for mm-hmm. what what sets him apart why has he been able to sustain the success he's, that he has kind of at, at his age still able to go strong and uh, moving on to tampa bay but still still uh, at, at the top of his game really I think his uh, his mentality, his mental sharpness, focus on what's at hand. Uh, he's that type of guy. Um, he, nothing else really matters. I mean, family is first, right? God is first, family is first, you know, all together. But then you got Tom Brady, who ran with a 5'6", five, 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, um, wasn't supposed to be in the league at all, at all. Not, you know, got drafted. Six Super Bowl rings. I mean, watching that guy every day. I mean, he sat behind a plane on me when we traveled away games. So, eight years, he's behind me. And I can remember every time, no matter who was the offensive coordinator that sat there on the plane, I don't care if it was a four-hour flight or a 45-minute flight to New York, the offensive coordinator, Josh, mainly, most of the years, and Brady was sitting there breaking down everything for the game plan. Not lollygagging, not hanging out, not shooting shit, but focusing on football. Coming in early, leaving late, working hard. He make mistakes. He make mistakes. He's not perfect. But, man, he's a hell of a player, and his just competitive spirit, I mean, by far, it's, it's the greatest in, in the league right now as a quarterback. Wow, that's saying a lot. But, yeah, we've seen it with the uh, six Super Bowls, Bo. Uh, we asked you about Nick Saban. We got to ask you about Bill Belichick, uh, mm-hmm. just kind of what makes him the great coach he is. Uh, Nick Saban may be the greatest college coach of all time. Bill Belichick may be the greatest NFL coach of all time. Uh, why is Bill Belichick so great? No, I always say this. I, I, met, I know both of these guys. Met both, you know, I met them, played for both of them, back and forth communication. These guys are the same. They're the same person, different shells. They're exactly the same, the mannerism, the way they talk, the way they approach the game. I can remember sitting down, stretching my first year, and Bill coming up with the whistle, walking through, you know, the stretch. I'm like, God damn. I said, you just like Saban. He said, wait, I was here first. So he's just like me. And, I mean, everything they do is you sit, you sit in, in the film room and watching Belichick, so when I was with Saban, when I played for two years, I couldn't compare him to anyone. He, it was him, right? He was the Alpha Omega. Uh, you know, and then I get the bill, and I'm watching everything he does. I'm like, damn, this looks all familiar. He just, but again, Bill's first. You know, and then you go back to Saban, and everything that Saban did, I mean, it's the same protocol. 
the same uh, approach. I mean, you make a play, you don't make a play. I mean, you're going to get skull. Even if you make a play, but, you know, it's all about the technique, the little thing. You could get there, make a sack, fumble, but, you, you know, you win the wrong gap. That's what Belichick talking about. So fix that, you know, get better the next time and less mistakes, you know. And, I mean, he made me a great player. I mean, playing defensive end, but then in my eight years in the league, I played over the center, over the guard, over the tackle, over the tight end. So coach always used to say the more you could do, the more you could do. And that's the, that's the biggest thing I've seen with Belichick. I think a lot of other teams is a lot different because you just didn't have one position. You had many positions that the coach or the team needed you. So many players and former players that we've talked to for what we're doing for the film we're working on have uh, talked about how their association with their college team, even though they were only there four or five years, that that is more long lasting than any connection that they have as, as an NFL player. So you, you play in New England and win two Super Bowls, but when you identify yourself and you think back to it, do you identify yourself more with your college years with it as being an LSU Tiger? Do you agree with that? I will always be a Tiger, go Tigers. Uh, the national championship, they kicked everybody butt last year. So phenomenal. Um, I mean, I graduated LSU, so I do have a place there. Always will have a place there. Uh, but I played more years in New England. Played three Super Bowls, won two Super Bowls. Um, I'm an ambassador now for the for the New England alumni. So I mean, the last six, seven years, I go to maybe six games, six games a year with the Super Bowls. Right. Um, I, I'm more tied to New England. I am. I mean, been there most of my career. Uh, college, five years. But, I mean, I was in college, man. You know, I mean, I was trying to f f f find a light, you know. And then for, for New England, being up there now, and then I do business up there for my company, Ocean's 97. Uh, but just being a part of that history, man, I mean, that dominance. I mean, I was always – look, you know what? I remember one day – so a lot of times, you know, people wonder why people leave. So, like, when I left New England, I was a free agent. And – People don't know this. I got a, I got offered a four-year extension to stay in New England. Mm. And Bill was like, hey, you know, play 12 years out and retire a Patriot. My, my dumb ass, you know, I want to go to Denver. Can I curse? No? Okay. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Sorry. I, and I, wanted, to go to, I, wanted, <laughs> I, I wanted to go to Denver. I saw the money. I mean, yeah, okay, great, the money. Playing for an extra four, $5 million, four-year deal. Had a four-year deal in New England. I could have stayed there mentally, physically. I knew everything. Understood the, the program, the people. The, uh, they love me. I love them. You know, from the history, she just stayed in New England. You know, but things happen, you know, with, you know, business side of it. Sports agent, you know, GM, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then I went to Denver. So, uh, but when I got done with Denver, I, I don't claim Denver. I don't claim Houston. I mean, I claim New England Patriots. Of course. Yeah. Uh, and... Is it, do you, you know, you talk, you talk about the, the winning two, the one that got away. I mean, 2007, you guys are 18 and 0 going into the Super Bowl, one step away from the utmost immortality. Do you, do you, you win the two? Do you, do you look back at that one? And because we talked to Dalius Thomas, who uh, wasn't a part of some of the earlier ones, but he looks back at that and is just like, as, as such, a, such a huge regret for him. What, what do you think when you think back to that uh, loss to the Giants? Um, tough time. I know when they had the, uh, we had the, what, the 10 year mark. I remember I did some stuff, um, uh, with that. Um, I didn't sleep for two weeks after that game. I, I didn't sleep. I mean, yeah, I went to sleep, but I was popping Ambien, you know, just trying to rest. And I mean, that play, 
that one play. Three inches, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we was in a scrum. I mean, they wasn't calling a goddamn thing. Uh, but at the same time, I remember that same game. I remember we going the next day, and Bill was furious. We missed five interceptions that went through our hand. We had some uh, blown calls. Uh, I think the play with Tyree, I mean, that was a blown call. Somebody was supposed to be on him. Not, not Rodney. I'm not sure. But um, it changed everything. What if he would have won that game 18-0? 18-0 or 19-0? It would have been 19-0 after that, yeah. Okay, it would have been 19-0. That would have changed history. And I always joke about it. I say if I would have got that sack, I, would, I probably would have been the MVP going to Disney World. You know, so um, it's tough, man. Now, you know what? I don't feel as bad as a team now to go to another Super Bowl and lose to the same quarterback and the same team when, when, when they went, you know, the second time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just crazy from all the success and just all the Super Bowls, all the big games, just to be a part of everything. Absolutely. And uh, just do you buy into this narrative that's going on now in uh, the NFL that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady were kind of butting heads at the end and wanting to split up to for Tom Brady to prove that he can do it without Bill and Bill to prove that he can do it without Tom? That's always going to be in the air. I think that's always going to be most of the most of the, you know, <clears throat> the fans, the, the media. That's, 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 that's the opinion. Right. Um, I can't see that. No. That they got into it and he left. Now, did he leave because he wanted to go on his own merit and, and start over in Tampa Bay with a different system, uh, ownership that would take him in as a, you know, as an as a orphan? And whatever you want to do, Tom, you do it. You got all the weapons. You, you got everything. We got the buffet for you. You pick and choose, and let's communicate and stay open. Because at that point, he's 20-plus years. You don't ha- you're not going to have an offensive coordinator sitting there really fussing at him telling him you should do it this way. I think he know how to do it the right way. You know, so that's going to be very helpful with him in Tampa Bay with all the weapons that they do have. Well, Jarvis, it's it's been a tremendous career for you, and thank you so much for taking your time out from uh, your vacation out to Vegas to, to hop on with us, man. We really appreciate it. Enjoy Vegas as much as you can anyway during these crazy times. Have fun, and we'll uh, definitely have to catch up soon. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Y'all take care. Go you Tigers. too, sir. You too. It's an honor. Thanks a lot.